With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid-fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580-397! All right, we are back, and Hot Routes is back as well. You know what, tomorrow, Judd, we're going to do Alex Boone Hot Routes. It's going to be his first ever attempt at Hot Routes, and I'm really interested in this. Uh, So, Jonathan, let's get right to it, man. Let's ramp up the NFL music, and let's go. And I've got five questions here from around the league for you, Jonathan Harrison, you, Judd Zolgad. To discuss, all right? All right. Uh, we are at the Minnesota State Fair, by the way. Download the podcast, whatever else I'm supposed to say. Scorenorth.com, you wrote about the Gophers. There you go. There's all your promotion that I'm going to give you. And it's free. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, everything Always. is, everything is free. Don't forget the app. Oh, the free. app, everyone. Yeah. Download yep. the app, Score read, North. Read about the Gophers. On it's app. a free uh, app. All right, hot routes, football. Zeke Elliott holding out, if you haven't heard. So Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris are going to be the next man's up for Ezekiel Elliott if he's not going to sign a contract extension and play for the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. I want you guys to give me an example. Your favorite time that everyone thought a team was in deep trouble losing a player. Oh, no, this guy's gone. Well, now, now this team is out of luck. And the next man up. Stepped up and did great things. Give me your favorite example. There are many in NFL history. Your favorite. All right. I did enough research that I went old school and new school. Okay. Do you want them both or just one? Give us both. We got time. The new school one is obvious, and it's the most recent example of this, and it's parallel. It's apples to apples. James Conner in Pittsburgh last year. Yeah. Rushed for 973 yards, 215 attempts, 12 touchdowns. Uh, the 12 touchdowns tied for third in the league in rushing. And, of course, Le'Veon Bell had said, I'm not going to report, and he didn't come in all year long. So that's your that's your example of running backs can certainly be replaced. Yep. Will Zeke be replaced by those two? Got no idea, but they can be replaced. But then I had way more fun by going old school, and this is not in. This is not uh, contract related. It's injury related. But same thing. In fact, this man's head coach, when he got hurt, cried because oh, he thought yeah. it was so devastating. 
Trent Green, who had had a very effective yeah. 98, uh, 1998 in Washington, and then signed with the Tony Banks-led at the time Rams. Get this. Get this. He signed a contract in March of 99 with the Rams. Big deal. Four years, $17.5 million. Oh, Look at all that cash. Came in, played in the preseason, got hurt. Vermeil cried and said, no, I got to turn it over to a guy who was a stock boy at a supermarket in Iowa. His name's Kurt Warner. And the rest is history. Do you know that Kurt Warner once lost an indoor football league championship to Jay Gruden? Really? Yes. I Jay, knew, I knew he Gruden played in was, that league. I Jay did not Gruden know that. Jay Gruden was the other team's quarterback. He outplayed Kurt Warner right before, in 1996, <laughs> wow. right before Kurt Warner came in and did magic things. Great example. That would have been my example otherwise, outside of the 2017 Vikings where Sam Bradford just gets injured in the first couple weeks, and then Case Keenum comes in and leads that team to 13-3. and three. A yeah, non-contact injury. But yeah, 1999 Rams was going to be my mind when Kurt Warner comes in and leads them to a Super Bowl win. Now you're going to have to tell me, guys, because you uh, were here and I wasn't in 1999. Yeah. But when Brad Johnson went down, was there a feeling of... In 98, you mean? Yeah, sorry, 98. With, um, with, with Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Was, was there a feeling of, oh man, we can't win with Randall no. Cunningham? Or did, did they think it was no. going to be fine? In fact, Brad got hurt twice that year, and if I'm not mistaken, that's that, so in Randy's first game, they opened the season against Tampa Bay at the Metrodome, and I think Brad got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. And Cunningham came in, and it was like bang, bang, bang. And okay. right then you're like, oh, okay. And then Brad comes back, gets the job back, and if I'm not mistaken, gets hurt again. And by then you're like, oh, just bring Randall back in. This is the best of all worlds. Okay, I'll give you my favorite example then of all time. The Buffalo Bills traded for Rob Johnson. They sent a first-round pick to Jacksonville for Rob USC, Johnson. USC, right? He went to USC. He was a second rounder. He had played a couple games with the Jags, and they were really impressed. And they said, get us this tall, strong-armed quarterback. So they go out to San Diego opening day. They lose to Ryan Leaf, one of his few wins ever in his career. And Rob Johnson gets hurt. Doug Flutie comes in and everyone says, oh, the CFL guy who's five foot nine. Are you kidding me? No chance. And he leads them to the postseason. Doug Flutie. And so, and he ends so they didn't like him. Two years. Oh no, they didn't. Oh, see, I'm this... surprised because coming out of BC, everyone was enamored no. with this short little quarterback who had beat Miami. Okay, so fans were, and it became like a like a slaughter thing that mattered. Yes. Uh, it was like, oh, the quarterback who runs around, and it became just the war of which quarterback you like within the locker room, within the front office, within the fan base. Everybody was arguing of whether they should keep playing Rob Johnson or Doug Flutie. But then there was a game, I believe, against the Indianapolis Col- No, Jaguars, I think, at home. And Doug Flutie is playing for Rob Johnson. They're down at the end trying to win the game. He runs a naked bootleg in for a touchdown, and that was it. Everybody was on the Flutie Flakes, and it went from there. And he ended up, I mean, he ended up getting them to the playoffs back to back years, and they still got rid of him eventually. So that was my favorite. All right, our next hot route Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison. Willie Beavers. Remember old Willie Beavers? Fourth round pick of the Vikings. How can we forget him? Remember him. I embraced the pick. I thought it was great. Well, uh, Willie Beavers might want to check out Hubbard Broadcasting job openings because he was cut again, this time by the San Francisco 49ers. How is he still trying to get jobs, dude? How is he still getting jobs? I know. Take the hint. Well, it's trying. It's 90 man roster, so So I can get a job. At this point, we need an award named after Willie Beavers for a higher draft pick. Not super high, but higher draft pick. 
who you immediately knew was bad. Like, he didn't even ever get to play in a game, and they went, no, 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 this guy can't play at all, and they cut him right away. From this year's entire draft class, but especially the top rounds, of course, not just the Vikings, I want you guys to give me a high draft pick who you think will disappoint everyone. Okay, so I was going through, uh, after you sent me this question, some of the uh, some of the, the scouting reports today. And how about this one? And this guy just actually got hurt in training camp. Rashawn Gary, linebacker yes. for the mm-hmm. Packers, who appears to have talent but has been disappointed. He's, but he's kind, been, of, he's, kind of lazy. Yeah, he's been, di- was, he's been disappointing. There's questions about yeah. his technique. There's questions about the fact that, that he's not uh, dedicated enough in the weight room to have the raw power. I could see that one at number 12, by the way, so it's a big deal. I could see that one backfiring on the Packers, and if that's the case, that's going to hurt them. So I don't mean to be like draft guy or pretend that I'm a draft expert, but that was foreseeable, man. I mean, that that one was like, okay, why are you drafting this guy this high when he has laziness is kind of a big problem? I like that pick. How about you, Jonathan? Mine might be the easy pick, DK Metcalf. Drafted by the Seahawks. He dropped so far in that draft. He dropped, what, to the third, second or third uh, round? Second round. Late second yep, round. Late second round, yep. But he was being listed as one of the top wide receiver picks in the NFL draft, and he drops for some reason. And now he, I believe he got injured in the preseason or had to have some kind of surgery. But yeah, he, it's, he al- hurt, it's also yeah. another Ole Miss wide receiver after we just saw Laquan Treadwell bust here. It's another guy who is who is big and comes out of college as one of those big wide receivers who just used his size in college to his advantage, and now he's in the NFL where that's not always the advantage that you're going to have. I think that's a really good pick. So I'm going to take a boomer bust guy who we talked about a ton leading up to the NFL draft. I'm going to go with Noah Fant, and I haven't seen a ton from him. I haven't read a lot about him. I figured if he was doing really well, I would have read more about him. But at Iowa, he was much more athletic freak. And let's see if he can actually do some real football things as a high draft pick, 20th overall. And since I haven't seen anything yet from him, I'm going to throw his name out there. Because I think that that's got major bust potential. Where it could look bad right away and just always be bad. Question within the question. Highest Viking pick to disappoint. All right, so really like what I've seen from Alexander Madison. Not going to be a star, though, but I think he's right, going to be a solid running back. Uh, Third-round pick. Yeah, that's fair. Let's see. Say, Ir- I mean, Irv Smith is the guy who you would say has the best chance at it. Garrett Bradbury, if a center goes that high, he's either good or great. Like that, normally, by history. But a tight end always has the widest variance of potential outcomes just because it's tight end, and it's really hard to figure out going from college to the NFL. And the fact that I don't think Smith has completely caught on to what they want to do yet, he definitely won't be able to block in his first year because no tight end can. He's got the best chance at being a complete blow-up. But, you know, Drew Samia has come along. I think at first I was wondering about Drew Samia, their fourth-round pick. Yeah. Smith is definitely the guy with the best chance, or worst chance? Is that what Best chance to bust. Best chance to bust. Uh, all right. Next hot route. Good job on that one, fellas. Just reloading my Good phone. Good work, Jonathan. Hey, thanks. Sorry, I've Good got to say something while I wait to reload my phone. Okay, all right. <laughs> this headline on Pro Football Talk. Nathan Peterman continues to grow under John Gruden. Nathan Peterman, he of a 30 quarterback rating with the Buffalo Bills last year. I want you guys to give me a quarterback who early in their career, you said, this guy is brutal. This guy cannot play in the NFL. And then he proved you wrong. 
So to go to a conversation that we have had a lot about young quarterbacks is, is yes, some guys like Ponder just stink and they were bad picks. But a lot of times it's circumstances, right? Yes. It's what they're put into. It's the coaching. It's the franchise. And it's not all their fault. So I'm going to give you one. And this guy actually started his pro career playing for, I believe it was the Los Angeles Galaxy. before his, And, and he was a draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in 1985, he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And let me give you this young man's statistics in those first couple of years in Tampa Bay. He played in 19 games. His passer rating was 63.1. Oh. He threw 21 picks and only 11 touchdowns. And at that point, we all said, oh, boy, he's not very that's, good, is he? Bad. That guy's name is Steve Young. <laughs> and then he's traded to San uh, Francisco, yeah. and, then, and then he goes and sits behind Montana, which, yes. by the, which, by the way, I am, and I realize there's no patience for this now, big proponent of going behind a guy like Montana or yeah. Favre and learning good and bad in, in the case of Rodgers. I think he saw Favre play, and he thought, My God, I'm never doing half of what he does. Yep. Um, but Steve Young in Tampa Bay, and this is, was not all his fault, was a complete bust. Again, 21 picks and 11 touchdowns. So he gets traded to San Francisco. He doesn't play and eventually winds up being a phenomenal quarterback. And he told a great story on his football life of Bill Walsh telling him, you're going to have to throw the ball sometimes where you can't see the receiver. You just got to trust the play. But think about and that. he said that was like a game but changer. But think about the franchise in Tampa. They're probably like, oh, we just stink. Yeah, right. Yes. We wear these well, terrible uniforms. And, and Tampa Bay, just think about their hilarious quarterback history. You talk about this franchise having a bad quarterback history. They had a good quarterback in Doug Williams, but they've refused to pay him. He goes to Washington, wins Super Bowl MVP. They, they once tried to pay Josh McCown to be their actual starter, and that turned out to be a mess. They had Josh Freeman. He blew up in their face. They had Testaverde. Yeah, yeah they're, I mean, he you goes on about, to win like 13 games one season the, with someone else. The creamsicle Bucks yeah. had some just atrocious decisions, and they played in a stadium that was absolutely awful. How about you, Jonathan? It's not that he was complete trash. It's it's the guy you guys talked about yesterday on the show, Joe Flacco. He's always been kind of, you always ask the question, is he a lead or not? He had an 11-5 and team his rookie year, but it's, it wasn't because of him generally. But then he goes on and leads the his his uh, Ravens to that Super Bowl in a, in a playoff run that kind of goes for the ages if you look at the numbers. I think it's him for me just quick quick looking at quick looking back at recent history it's going to be Joe Flacco just because he always has the questions and always will have the questions around him whether he's go- a good enough leader but he had that one run that led his team to a Super Bowl and he got that massive contract off of it. Yeah, I think there were people who thought before that Flacco's not really good enough. Yeah. And then he has the most insane playoff run of all time. And now people, or at least for a while, they thought he was an elite quarterback. Yeah. Now they finally come back around to he's not good anymore. But but you're right that you could have easily said, that guy's overrated, he's not that good, and then he wins a Super Bowl. I'm going to go with my third day as a Minnesota. I'm going to go back in the time machine here to 2016. A memorable night in my life where I first met Judd J. Zolgad. What's your middle name, Judd? James. Judd wow. it nailed it. You nice. got it right. Judd J. Zolgad. First night we met, Judd. <laughs> You're right. Teddy Bridgewater had just gotten hurt. Rick Spielman has an impromptu press conference saying, we believe in Sean Hill. Yep. It was a wild evening. Yep. But what I remember from it maybe the most was Jared Goff playing in the fourth preseason game and being outplayed by Joel Stave. Yep. And I was just sitting here thinking, there's no way Jared Goff could be good. He's playing in the fourth preseason game as a rookie. He's been beaten out by Case Keenum. Are you kidding me? And Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl last year. And, and again, if I'm not mistaken, who was his coach that night? 
It was Jeff Fisher. Who was totally checked out. Yes. Yeah. So, again, it's it's not always their fault. Yeah. Sometimes you yep. need the right people around you. All right. Our next hot route here. We're going to try to do this every day during the regular season where we go through some headlines and we discuss. I'm a huge fan, by the way. I remain a huge fan. All right, guys. The Washington football squad in D.C. trying to trade Josh Doxson. That sound familiar to anybody? A first-round pick who uh, seems trying to trade because he's bad. He's being showcased? Yeah, you could say that, yeah. Uh, First of all, anybody interested? And second, I want you guys to make up a Vikings trade. This is the time of year where sometimes you get totally surprised by a trade. Make up a Vikings trade that is mostly realistic. It doesn't have to be super realistic, just mostly realistic. All right, I will start off by going with the guy that we saw play on Saturday, and there has to be great concern about. If Mike Hughes, I thought, was closer to returning, I actually might do this. Um, but you just said it has to be mostly realistic, so I'll give you mostly. Xavier Rhodes for a second-round pick. Z- to what? Kansas City, maybe? Yeah, to somebody, a team, somebody to, who needs a corner? To a team that needs a corner that, that still thinks, oh, he can be, you know, he's Xavier Rhodes. He'll, he'll be fine. You know, what we saw on Saturday has to concern you. He fell down at one point, as we discussed on yesterday's show. Um, the speed or, or the, the ability that in 2017 made him so special appeared to be gone and I think you are probably at the end of the cycle of being able to shop him and get something. Pretty, it's, I think it's going to become apparent if what we're seeing is real, Matthew, that in short order it's going to go downhill quickly. So Xavier Rhodes for a high draft pick. All right, make up a trade, Jonathan. I think, well, Xavier Rhodes is going to be mine, but I'm going to move on to a different one on the defense. You mentioned him as the oldest guy on the roster earlier. It's Everson Griffin. If you're okay. going to try and trade anybody on that defense and it's at a position that generally they tend to have some depth at. They it's do. It's going to be Everson Griffin if you can try and find someone who will, who's willing to take that contract. It's not that it's not the biggest of contracts, but it's still one of those that might be hard to shop. Okay, you're in my ballpark here, Jonathan, okay. because here's what I was thinking. I was thinking Everson Griffin, second-round pick to the Houston Texans for Jadavion Clown. Ooh, I like it. Wait, so Would they do it. So you're sending you're I'm, sending them Griffin and a second round I'm pick. I'm sending Griffin and a second round pick for Jadavion Clowney. For Jadavion Clowney. Ooh. It sounds like the either Seattle Seahawks or Philadelphia Eagles are interested in trading for Jadavion Clowney. There is preferred destinations. Both of those teams play the Minnesota Vikings. So and Miami you, wants them to. So yeah. you you read that and you go wait. I don't want to play. We were just talking to Alex Boone yesterday about how Jadavion Clowney shredded the Vikings in 2016. He's a monster. Along with I Merciless. He, I actually think he is underrated from, you know, first-round draft pick. You think he's going to get 20 sacks. But when you look at how much he disrupts other teams, his run-stuffing ability, yeah. he's an elite player. I would do that. I would trade Everson and a second-round pick for Do you Jadavion think Houston Clowney. would consider that trade? The fact that it seems like Clowney's not going to play for them, yeah, I think Second they would have to. Second round pick's not a bad offer. I think they would have you to. You saw what a late in training camp uh, defensive adjustment or defensive addition did for the Bears last year. That's right. That's right. Nobody expected that trade last year. Yep. That happened. I'm just trying to bail so, on Rhodes while so that, I can. So that's my, that's my made-up trade. <laughs> All right. Last thing for you guys. Baltimore signed a guy named Fish Smithson. That's Fish a great name. Smithson. Puns. I'll start. 
Yeah, no, I'm actually going to let you go. Yeah, let the champ at go this, here. This question was designed specifically by Matthew Collar for, for Matthew for. Collar. <laughs> Their secondary must so go be really right. upstream if they have to sign Fish Smithson. Oh, boy. <laughs> so go right ahead. You know, if he... Um, if he played for New Orleans, unfortunately he's played for Baltimore. If he played for New Orleans, he would wear their jersey and be Gold Fish Smithson. He's been in, oh. in gold. Oh boy! Right? You know who? Hot, hot Rods is taking do a you blow. Know, do you know who Fish Smithson's favorite baseball player is? No, who? <laughs> it's Mike Trout. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What is happening? I guess he's amusing himself now. It's the best. Fish Matthew Keller will be here all week, by the way. It's getting fishy oh. in Baltimore. Oh, right no, now. don't even try. Don't spare yourself, Jonathan. Just let him go. Got any more? No. I'm just Nothing gonna, else? I'm no leave. Vikings? Well, I no could, Vikings? I, I could, puns? Could go on for no a Norwegian? We've got a couple minutes. A I thought you guys would have some fish puns. I don't want to try to compete with you. I quit my research at that question. (laughs) uh, I did a lot of research questions, one, two, and three. If it it doesn't work out, they'll be, uh, Baltimore will be fishing instead of going to the playoffs. Oh, boy. Yeah. Why is this happening? We're at the state fair. I can't. I love to answer that question. Fish Smithson. Puns, uh, Puns on a stick. Yes. That's where it ends. Oh, we got to sell those T-shirts, right? All right. Hopefully we weren't streaming this. Uh, We'll (laughs) take a quick break. Can we get back to our list? Yeah. And uh, I also want to know, since we're doing most of the show with Alex Boone, if there's anything, and I really mean absolutely anything, you care about for Thursday night's game. Let's talk about that when we come back. We'll continue our list of most interesting people in the NFL this season. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Here at the State Fair, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad. We're going to get back to our list of most interesting people in the NFL in 2019. And uh, I'll give you where we started before hot routes and fish puns came to be a thing. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Nagy, Mike Tomlin, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, referee L. Riverton. Well, head of officiating. Head of officiating. Because he's going to be the one who has to answer all the questions about the flags that are thrown on pass interference. Jerry Jones, Sean McVay. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson here, Judd. Ooh, I, I like it. In the draft, I got upset that that draft because Lamar Jackson dropped lower than Josh Allen. I thought that was ludicrous based on their college careers and their skill sets. And there's similar criticisms of guys who weren't super accurate but were great athletes, yet one goes, what, 10th overall and the other goes 32nd. The Baltimore Ravens drafted a bus tight end before Hayden Hurst, who hasn't done anything, before they drafted Lamar Jackson. Now they're like, look at our great franchise quarterback that you skipped uh, in the first round the first time. That, I thought, was very odd that uh, he didn't get drafted higher. I was not shocked that he found a way to get into the playoffs. But now teams know it's coming. Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator. He's the same guy that took Colin Kaepernick and got them to the Super Bowl and also took uh, Tyrod Taylor and made the Buffalo Bills a relevant offense with Tyrod Taylor. He did, yeah. But they were a good offense. No, I'm not saying the Bills are dysfunctional. Yeah, so... Uh, an interesting offensive coordinator, a super talented guy who's trying to become just enough accurate to use his playmaking ability to win games, but teams know it's coming. So Lamar Jackson on my What's list your guess? of most interesting. I, 
What's your best guess? So here's the thing. When the draft was going on, I really loved that quarterback class. I loved talking about it and focusing on it and watching those guys. And what I discovered about Lamar Jackson is that people believe in him. Like, his teammates believe in him. The franchise believes in him. From the personality perspective, I think he's a unique guy. Teddy sort of like very, in, uh, Yeah, te- right. Teddy-esque guys in a way. are drawn to him. And so even though he's a very different quarterback, obviously, in his playing style than right. Teddy Bridgewater, there's something about players like that that, you know, maybe he's not going to be a Super Bowl champion ever, but can he make them relevant by being able to run in key situations, make just enough throws, to move that offense and then have a good defense and win a lot of games, mm-hmm. I think they can. And I, and I think he's the type of guy, too, that when you draft him, he was really young. Same with Teddy. Like Remember when Teddy came into the league and everyone was like, oh, he can't throw. Like Look at his throwing motion. It's so bad. Even post-knee surgery, when we saw him play in the preseason game, Bridgewater was throwing the ball much better because he's developed. He's filled out more. He's a grown-up now. And I think as Lamar Jackson gets bigger, stronger... His arm strength will improve. His mechanics will improve as he works at it. And I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. As long as he stays healthy, which he does have to slide more. Aaron Rodgers told him to slide more. Did sure. you see that clip? Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. So I'm picking Lamar Jackson. Okay, so so far we've gone coaches, quarterbacks, officiating, right? Yes, and one owner. Okay, and Jerry Jones. In honor of Zim, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the football. Aaron Donald. I don't think that we appreciate how great this this guy is because he plays in an era where everyone from the fan base to the league itself to the coaching staff, for the most part, are obsessed with one thing, quarterback's offense. Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald is a generationally unbelievable player. Aaron Donald is, if this was 1986, we would be talking about him almost constantly. Oh, sure. Like, we'd be talking about quarterbacks, but we'd also be like, and Aaron Donald, um, which I don't think we we are now. He plays on the West Coast, which hurts a little bit as well, I would guess, if if he played for the Giants. There you go. There's a very, very nice. Rams fan. Rams fan. If he played for the Giants or Jets, we'd probably talk about him more, but... He is one of the most interesting people to me because he is an absolute dominant player at a position that's probably not appreciated enough, and he plays on the side of the ball that definitely, I think, in 2019 is not appreciated enough. If you were to have taken bets on someone from a fan base that would run up with a team jersey and yelled, go whatever team, I would not have Whose bet jersey Los did he have? It, it was not it was an Tory Holt, wasn't it? Oh, it was an 81. Was it 81? 81. It was, it was an 81. 81. And it was clearly St. Louis Rams. I would have said at the Minnesota State not Fair, that. Packers, absolutely. Uh-huh. Bears, Rami, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Rams? Rams would not have guessed. Zero percent. No, would not have guessed. Um, running down our list of the most interesting people in 2019, I'll go back to a coach, and I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan. Because for a long time, Kyle Shanahan has been talked about as an offensive genius. Last year, some guy named Nick Mullins, who was a third-string quarterback, averaged over eight yards a pass for Kyle Shanahan's offense. But they haven't won a thing. And it's been, oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't healthy. They just traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Their defense hasn't been good, and this and this and this and this. Right. But at the end of the day, you have not won anything in San Francisco as a head coach. And Kyle Shanahan, as brilliant as he was for the 2016 Falcons, it got to the Super Bowl, and they didn't run the ball at the right time. And he ends up blowing the Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator, too. So, you know, he's one of those guys that we've sort of just accepted as being an offensive genius. 
And the, the, there's a good chance that the 49ers are great if Jimmy Garoppolo plays really well, that they have improved their roster. They've gotten lots of high draft picks. That's what we thought before he got hurt last year. We thought they were going to be really good. Yeah. I thought they were going to be when a very tough team for the, for the first Vikings. game. We're like, yeah. this team's going to be really good. Yeah, that's what we thought, and it didn't work out for them last year. So I think he and John Lynch and Jimmy Garoppolo are all under the white hot light this year. So I've got Kyle Shanahan. All right. I am going to give you an obvious one, but for this year, he has to make the list. Antonio Brown, right? He's yes. got to make the list. He's got to. And, and he then fits in with a team that I've got a ton of questions about. John Gruden's got that contract for, what, 10 years. They're going to, to move to Vegas next year. Is that correct? Yes. Like, this team has yes. so many question marks. And What's the end of that going to look like? I don't know, because they're playing in Oakland in a stadium where those fans are just absolute diehards and, and semi-crazy. Uh, Gruden's got a 10-year contract, and, and I'm not completely convinced that he's the, the right guy now. I mean, John Gruden was away from coaching for a long, long time. And watching Hard Knocks, it looks like he's playing the role of John Gruden as it's been cast by, by some type of uh, sitcom. I just have no idea. I don't know that I like their quarterback. Brown, if he is, if he does not get the ball enough, is going to turn on Derek Carr because I'm convinced he'll turn on any quarterback that's not good enough. And I don't know that Derek Carr, I don't know that he is. There's just so many question marks there. But they paid him so much. They made that trade. And if anybody right now symbolizes that franchise, it's got to be him. So I, I like Antonio Brown. And I've defended Antonio Brown, and I will continue to defend him. He skipped preseason. Congratulations, Antonio. Great job. I mean, you're healthy, right? At least the, except for the foot thing. But the but, foot thing. But that's a freak accident. And that, yeah, not, it's also self-induced. He's not the first person to ever have that happen to him. So uh, I think he's crazy. There's no question about right, it. That's but what's good. As a player, he's, I think he's great, and I don't oh, think he's, it, he's it, fantastic if you get him on the field. But that franchise is so weird. Right, and it, it doesn't matter to me at all that he skipped preseason over the helmet debacle. I, I think that that was just fodder, gave us a lot of things to talk about, and made him the center of attention for a while, but won't ultimately matter. And he's going to have a good season. But I've never believed in Derek Carr as being a good quarterback. Even when he had the year where he was really great. Right. I, I remember us talking about it. Like, this guy's throwing six-yard passes and getting a lot of yards after catch. They have a great offensive line, and everything clicked for them that year. I've never bought into Derek Carr. So that thing has a chance to really blow up. And Antonio and, Brown will flip out on Derek Carr. Yes. He, yes. If you put yes. Antonio Brown with a stable franchise... And have stability around him. I think I think it's okay because mm-hmm. he's a. You're right. He's a fantastic player, but nothing about that Oakland situation to me from Gruden to Mike Mayock, who's a TV guy and not really shouldn't yeah. be in this job. There's so many things that that could go wrong, and I look forward to actually as a fan of football going wrong. All right, the 15th player on our list of the 15 most get to 15. interesting players or coaches or owners or heads of refereeing in football this year. I'm sorry I have to do this, Judd. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. I mean, That's how we're is, is he ever going to be old? Like, last year he gets to the playoffs and he beats Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship, and he looks great doing it. Yep. You know at the beginning of the year he's going to have one or two games where he looks like he doesn't know how to play football anymore, and they get blown out by someone, and we all say, ah, Brady's done. And they don't care. And Right. And That's their care. preseason. And then by the end of the year he's throwing darts everywhere, but... Here's the intrigue. There's no more Rob Gronkowski, and I don't think he's coming back. I know that he sort of cracked the door open, but he also 
like broke down talking about it, how uh, messed up his body is. So I don't think Gronkowski's coming back. Sure. But they have Josh Gordon there. That's another thing that has the potential to blow up. And they've got a lot of weapons for him to work with. Guys coming out of the backfield. James White's still great. I just, at some point, the guy has to get old, right? I mean, it happens to everybody. It happened to Peyton Manning eventually. All quarterbacks break down at some point. I just want to know when it is. Because if Tom Brady goes 11-5 and five again, I, I mean, look, somebody put out a, sort of a chart of all the years and when Brady was at very least in the AFC Championship, and it was all of them. I mean, for his entire career. Yep. When are we going to have some type of passing of torch to someone sometime ever from Tom Brady to I don't know who? Rivers, Brady, Breeze, rank for me who you think drops off this year. Rivers, I think uh, that offensive line is bad in Los Angeles. And even though Melvin Gordon's backup is a good player, he's not Melvin Gordon. Sure. They lost one of their receivers who was pretty decent, Tyrell Williams. I can see the Chargers, by the way, taking a major step backwards. I totally agree. If their defense is not as good as it was last year, they I, they strike I me as so. a they strike me, and I might be wrong, as a pop up team. Yep, um, twelve and four last year. So you yeah. think Rivers leads that list? Breeze second, Brady third. Yes. Bad to good, by the way. Yes, yes. I think I think Bad that Rivers good. has the highest chance of completely falling off. That Breeze. See, Breeze has so many weapons around him and a great offensive line that even if he isn't that good, he could just kind of savvy his way to some quick passes. And I think that's what he was doing toward the end of the year. And they, they could still look good as an offense because Sean Payton is so clever. Sure. With Phillip Rivers, he's always relied on making great throws. How about throw Roethlisberger in this mix, yeah, though, right? I mean, Roethlisberger's been fading a little bit over What's the years. What's Ben's age now? I think he's like 36, isn't he? You, uh, no. You're the one with the computer. Oh, that's right. Is he, 30, uh, is he 36? Hold on. I'll find it. That's, uh, that's, that sounds approximately right. But my, let me... Well, my phone came back to life here. Maybe I can get it before you can. Um, 37. 37. Okay. So, okay. So he definitely could be in that list, though. Yes. Yeah. No, he's in, in that same ballpark. Okay. So would you? where would you rank him if you're doing it that way? Uh, because of his size and style, I would say Rivers, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady, bad to good. Yeah, Roethlisberger surprised. Brady, I'm not going to believe till I see. I think you'd be surprised by this because he used to run around so much. Last year, quickest guy getting the ball out of his hand in the entire NFL, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it, it's just his size. Yeah. Like, I could just see the wear and tear start to take effect there. All right, let's, uh, I like our list. We'll put it out on social media. I'll give it over to Seth, and people can comment on it and add and yell at us for different reasons. Should we have had uh, Jacoby Brissett in the Colts? I don't know how interesting it is. I mean, do you think that there's any chance Jacoby Brissett is Kurt Warner or something? I mean, it, I, I like him. I think he has talent, but he's got like 9-7 and seven talent. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but they be they, see, with an... All-time good quarterback, they're a Super Bowl contender. Yes. Without one, they're an average team. They probably don't win the division even, without even, one, right? Yeah, even with the 20th or 22nd best quarterback, Indianapolis still ends up being somewhere in the range of 9-7. and seven. I mean, last year, even with Andrew Luck, they're 10-6. and six. Right. So, yeah, I think it, uh, Jacksonville will probably improve with Nick Foles, and Houston is going to win that division, and maybe Tennessee could surprise us a little bit. That but division I could think, be awful, man. I, I, Jack, Jacksonville... Yeah. 
Jacksonville with your guy coaching there and, and DiFilippo in charge of the offense and Nick Foles. I, I like Nick Foles, but am I convinced? You know, the last time that he he uh, cut the cord and went out on, on his own, eventually it eroded pretty badly. It's a good question. Well, I'm interested to see the responses on this on Twitter to see who people think we missed. We did not include Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm not sure how interesting he is to me this year, maybe next year if he's still their coach. I'm actually more intrigued if we're going to go in that direction by Kyler Murray than Kingsbury myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. What we saw from Murray the other Kyler day Murray was really something. Kyler Murray intrigues me. He's got that early Russell Wilson. I don't exactly, I'm, I might not be great, but I can do things with a ball. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back, and I want to hear what you want to see from the Vikings or what you want me to look for, because you're going to cover the Gophers I'm going game. to Gophers game. So South what, Dakota State. What hated you want South Dakota me, State. I will take one for the team and watch the fourth preseason game so what am I supposed to look for? We're going to talk about that next. Drinks, Matthew Collar, Jake Zolgad here on Purple Daily. 3.43 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. And you know we at, here at Score North love a good Bomba Challenge. And it's time to take that Bomba Challenge to the next level. The Twins are going to break the MLB record for home runs in a season, and they're going to do it soon. The question is which player will be the one to hit number 268. That would be the record-breaking Bomba. If you can correctly guess the player, you'll be entered to win $1,000, but that's not enough. $1,000 is not enough. No, we got to up it up. we got to up it by about 50 times. If you want $50,000, you better hope that player that you guess hits the Grand Slam to break the record. If they do hit the Grand Slam, you'll be entered to win $50,000. That's life-changing money for a record-breaking Bomba. All you got to do is download the Score North mobile app, register with your name and email, enter via the listener rewards in the main menu, enter the correct or the player that you think will hit that that record-breaking Bomba, and you better hope it's a Grand Slam, and you'll get $50,000. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. What would the equivalent be for that for the Vikings? They make a field goal? <laughs> oh wow. wow! Oh wow! Uh, to win to win a playoff game. No, wait, wait. It, win it would the be NFC championship game. A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. They make a field goal, but if they make a field goal that wins the NFC title game, it's fifty thousand yeah. dollars. That that, that would be the equivalent. Yeah. Well, but at least we know that home runs will be hit. We don't know. If they'll well, field goals field will goals. be kicked. We yeah. just don't know that they're going to go through as uh, the be yellow made. posts. All right, so uh, Alex Boone's going to be here tomorrow. Maybe he'll be around. I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. But I, I just want what you're thinking about and what you're going to read that I write about. Because I'm not watching. At scorenorth.com. I have no reason to watch the fourth preseason game. free website. Game. Fourth preseason game, Judd. It's tomorrow. Most people will be at the fair. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard one to watch, I understand. The coaches are going to tell you all day long, oh, we needed to evaluate, we need this and this and the other thing. That's a bunch of hooey. But nobody um, who's going to really play a huge role in whether this team wins or loses is going to be in this game. So what am I supposed to look for? Well, I mean, obviously you're going to have to watch for the kicking and punting because we've talked about that all week, and that actually... I actually do believe that their decision might come down to th- that game. I think that's flawed. The process Extremely of that is flawed. flawed. Yes. But I don't. I do think that that's going to be ultimately uh, an important discussion on Saturday. Is what they saw on Thursday in Buffalo. Uh, here's a question for you: Defensive line wise, let's go deep in the weeds. All right, all right. Because Zim loves his defensive line. Fifty third man on the roster, and he's right there. What will what? 
will they be watching for, and consequently you, I guess, defensive line-wise? What's left there? Because I mean, it is he kinda, loves that. It is kind of interesting. See, um, I, I know I could find something. Well, because Jonathan brought up earlier about Everson Griffin and just his status for this year in practice and training camp. He's looked good to me, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't. He's going to look good. He's very talented. That doesn't mean he hasn't slipped by X percentage. That would be very hard to tell uh, in a practice or a preseason game. Uh, Alex Boone said yesterday that some of the defensive linemen he would go against in preseason game would say, like, I'm not using any of my moves, okay? So just just block me. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so that's hard to figure out. But if Everson Griffin struggles at all, I think that they feel really good about Stephen Weatherly, and I think Afadi Adenabo is on this team. He has been. I liked him in game three. Nothing short of very good. Saturday he stood out. In, in fact, he's been better than Weatherly in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say that for on a daily basis in practice, but he's on the team, and so they're left with. I mean, I have them with nine guys, and they have to make a decision between either Hercules Mata'afa or Armin Watts. And Mata'afa was the guy that everybody fell in love with because Mike Zimmer said once or twice that he liked him in OTAs. Mm-hmm. And, and he hasn't done a whole lot during training camp or the preseason games for me to think that he is on the roster. Armin Watts is a giant dude who has some potential and has played well in the preseason games and would be one of the guys you see as a higher ceiling. But if they cut either one of the guys to try to put him on the practice squad, I'm not sure that anybody uh, is picking them up. That's always the fear, right? Well, what if they pick this guy up? And nobody ever really does. Okay, so so I got this answer. I think it was from Spielman years ago. It's about the most truthful thing about the cutdowns that I was told. When you make those final cuts on Saturday, there is such a glut of players that hit the market that teams ordinarily, unless unless you let a guy go that somebody loves, yeah. teams are so hyper-focused on their own guys and retaining them for practice squad purposes yeah. that it's not like you arbitrarily let a guy go on August 3rd and teams are like, oh, that's a nice player. I'll take a look. So I would say that a guy, the, the guys that you're talking about would fall into the group of there's too many guys out here right now for the Bengals to be like, Hercules, Matafu's out here, so we'll sign him. I'm interested to see who they play. Like, Does Amir Abdullah play? Because if he doesn't, then I think he's on the team. Or they would be concerned about a potential injury settlement for if he got hurt, right? You can never really tell. Like reading the tea leaves can be tough here. Laquan Treadwell is a good example. Like if he doesn't play at all, that means he's cut, right? Yes. Yeah. In in his case, I would say, and, and Abdullah, I wouldn't bother playing because if you are going to keep him, you know exactly who he is. Yeah. He is a running back who I think can pick up and pass pro. He is a running back who is. Libel as he showed in the first preseason game to drop the ball, but I think as far as if if you want to bring him in, Matthew, to the punt return mix, he can catch the ball. But I don't. What what's the unexplored territory of Amir Abdullah? Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, now I've got one that's a little more interesting. Then, how about Jake Browning? You think he's going to play? Because no, I think he might. I think he will actually. I'm going to say that Jake Browning does play. And I'm going to leave the door open for a percentage chance that Jake Browning ends up on this team's practice squad. Oh, I think think there's a good chance. I was, uh, let's say. You you know what, on second thought, you might be right. I don't know how I want to to put this exactly, because I don't want to say like Source told me exactly. Let's just say a murmur to me that this nonsense with Slaughter, 
talking to the media and all this stuff, telling the media that it's a narrative, fans being upset about him not playing, has annoyed some people. I know that for sure. And I don't know if... I think we could probably name names. I don't... I can figure that out. I don't know that everyone in the uh, building wants this to continue where the number three quarterback seems to think that he's Joe Montana and so does all of his family who keeps tweeting and emailing and everything reporters. Okay, so there's... there. I'm going to ask you a question flat out of a theory that I've had now for a week plus. There is no way... Common sense says this. There is no way that Kyle Sloter's father has not at least tried to call the Vikings, Oh, there's right? no question. There okay. is absolutely no And question. by the way, right there, I will answer your yeah. question. Mike Zimmer has about two seconds for that. Yeah. There, is, there is no doubt okay. in my mind that if, and it's not just his dad, it's like other people in the family, too, well, tweeting and emailing but people. But pro teams so don't have time for that. They, you're right. And especially the number three quarterback. Well, no, if you're a star, is, right. you put up with it and say, Mr. Mister Cousins, I can't really yes, help you. Right, yeah. But you, that can cost people their jobs. Yes. And so even though he's played well in the preseason games, um, I've started to get updates from our friend Andrew Kramer every time he throws an interception in practice when we've been out here. Normally I've been at every practice, but during the fair I've been out here. and. Sure. I mean, it's just, it isn't really particularly good in the practices. And having seen him for two years, and then you deal with additional nonsense of him talking to the media and telling everyone that it's the media's fault that he isn't the number two quarterback and whatever, I think it, it outweighs even the some potential that he's shown in the preseason game by saying, why would we need a number three quarterback whose dad's going to email people or call us and whose fans are going to call for him to be the starter and all this stuff? Why do we need this when we've never believed in this guy anyway? And you know who hasn't said a peep is Jake Browning, and maybe he just ends up the practice squad number three quarterback. Has Browning not played more because they don't feel a need to show him? It could be. It could be. And, and that's another thing, too, is with Sloter, it's like, yeah, they're getting him the reps, but he doesn't necessarily need them to make the decision, it seems. And when uh, it, Kevin Stefanski was asked yesterday about Sloter going in the game, Stefanski gave the most unenthusiastic answer about, uh, yeah, he just needs to keep improving or whatever. It's like yeah. a complete blow-off answer, which makes me think that, realistically this thing could be coming to an end uh on saturday that they could decide to cut him and keep jake browning because browning has been the guy that they paid a lot to come in and at least uh you know it has not been going to the media telling him that it's uh, a narrative that his coach says he isn't good in practice so i don't know i mean they split most of the reps during practice it wasn't like one guy was getting them and then browning was never getting them so that one might end up surprising some people. If Sloter's gone, is Browning kept, or are they both cut and Browning's probably uh, re-signed to the practice squad? That, I don't see I, them he's going not three. The, he's not the number three. Right. He'll be the practice squad guy if he's here. Because Sloter, Sloter, be. Sloter would make the roster yes. and be the three. Correct. But in, in your scenario, which might be exactly correct, Browning's just brought back practice squad and Kyle goes and signs with Baltimore but or something. You, you, just, you can't overstate, and I don't know for sure this is going to happen. But it's, I was given a little bit of the feeling that it could, um, even though he's had good preseason games, in part because of just the, the nonsense that goes along with it. With, I mean, why, if you're the number three quarterback, would you do an interview where you say that your coach is wrong, basically, about saying you're, you haven't been good this at practice? not the kid so I talked to last year, but by the way. Yeah, I what, know. I what's know. happened um, to Kyle? That's just not, I mean, he was... He seemed to when I when I talked to him for a good 
four hours last year. Yeah, he did talk to for a long time. He seemed to completely get it. I was really impressed. You know what's weird is that we only seem to equate big egos and things like that with people who have a lot of success and people who came from big schools or things like that, and I haven't found a correlation. I mean, even though he's a small school type of guy, quarterbacks are different. I think he believes he's like a great NFL player. Quarterbacks, that's what's in his head. Quarterbacks are a different breed, definitely. So I'll be interested to see if they play Jake Browning though. Sure. I can't believe you're not going home to watch to to cover that game. Your old staff. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Beautiful Buffalo, New York. I I could use some wings, but other than that, I don't don't need fourth uh, preseason game. All right, uh, Mackie Judd with Rami coming up next. Chip Scoggins in the background. Lou Nanny. All right, beautiful. Okay, talk some hockey then. All right, thanks, Judd. We'll be back tomorrow with more Alex Boone for your face, uh, and we'll talk football then. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.